What's up, everybody? Welcome in to a Monday on your sports and sports betting brand of record. We call it driving the line. We are here every single weekday, even on the weekends, absolutely crushing it. We have so much to get to a full show today. But as always, before we look forward, we must look back at our man, A.B., doing yeoman's work. Look at this. I told you a couple of weeks ago, he's the best college baseball handicapper in America. And I'm begging you to start understanding that. Friday, 3-0. Saturday, 2-1. Sunday, 2-0. It's simply what we do. Now, before we bring in A.B. to tout his entire college baseball, as you guys know, we want you to spread the word of driving the line all over this country. Our featured merch item, one more time, one more week. Do you want to do the work? So many of you said, hey, coach, I didn't get a chance. There is the QR code. Also, the link is in your show description. We encourage you also, for all you WWE fans, I am not a crybaby shirt. They're flying off the shelves, too. Now, let's bring in the star of the show, because it's weekend. I mean, everybody's running around, not this man. He's absolutely crushing it. And A.B., first of all, good morning. We've got all the heavy hitters today. But could you please enlighten the good people at home about your entire college baseball record to this point? Absolutely, Coach. And first off, Ryan Gorius, welcome to the crew. Good to have you in, brother. And, uh, yeah, man, so we went 7-1 and one this weekend. That brings us – and these are in parlays. So that brings us to 16-3. and three in college baseball parlays on the season. The crew is just raking at the plate. Just raking. You could literally become a crew member for the next five years based off of what A.B. did for you as well. Now, speaking of the crew, if you're not a member yet, we're growing fast. We need you to be a part of it. It's simply for all of you who want more. All you got to do is right here on our YouTube page. You click the link. And A.B., I just confirmed with Howie Schwab, who is in the chat as we speak, that tomorrow – we're going to record a crew exclusive with Howie and with you, and we're going to be looking forward to teams to watch for championship week and also some surprise teams that maybe are a little bit off the radar, and you and Howie, I know, are ready for that. Oh, I cannot wait for that. I mean, anytime that you get with Howie, absolutely. And the best part is this, is that Howie's going to be taking questions, everything that you want to know, and I'm just like you. I'm going to be writing it down too, man, because he is – the Godfather, man. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. That's right. We're going to have the segment. Then we're going to have live streams. We're going to have all of it. But you got to be a member of the crew for that extra content. I encourage you to do it right now. Then you turn green and you can be a part of the party. But if you're not, hey, that's okay, too. We got something for everybody. Now, I told you on Mondays we bring in our heavy hitters. And I never, ever, ever lie. It's time for the crew's pick of the day first. A.B., thank you, producer man, for saving me. What do we got today, A.B.? Four nice choices here. Two college basketball, two in the NBA. So Miami plus 13 and a half or North Carolina minus 13 and a half. You can go to the NBA here. Knicks minus 11 and a half and the Kings minus six and a half. Those are your four choices for today. Poll is in the chat. Vote now and we will update it at the end of the show. And coach, one more yes. bonus. Can I throw this in very quickly? And I was last time I'll interrupt you. Friday, we promised a pizza party if Kevin Durant went over 27 and a half points. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant scored 28 points. So we have five winners on a pizza party. Your winners are Rebecca O'Connor, Dan Clark, John Cholick, Peggy Moore, and Bart Young. So the five of you, if you could drop your Venmo or Cash App handles in the chat, 
I'll get with you after the show, get y'all taken care of. But Big Cheesy, salute. That was fun, man. Good call. You're damn right it was. And if you want to be a part of anything, you got to be in the chat. You got to be active because that's how we reward people. And we're going to spread it around. We're going to spread it around. But you know what? Our stars, they have been waiting long enough. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time on a Monday. It's time for the picks. Oh, and we're going five wide on a Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, the silent assassin is here. The man that you heard all over your ESPN radio over the weekend. The Z-Man always here on Mondays. And also from Wager Talk, becoming a very important member of the crew. Mark Zeno is here. Gentlemen, good morning to all of you. Mark, as always, I want to start with you because big boy has been a busy weekend. But when I look at my page, when I look at my notes, I look at you. And I see NBA. Big boy, start us off. All right, guys. Well, look, uh, not a big NBA slate tonight. Four games here, but we found some value in two spots. Let's look at the Knicks and Pistons. The Knicks, after getting embarrassed, a moment of silence for them, on Saturday night at the hands of the Boston Celtics. Um, I'm going to come back with them tonight and look at an under here, under 223 and a half. Um, This is a Knicks team right now that since the loss of Julius Randle, went from 115 points a game down to 109. Now, their defense hasn't dropped off, but this is a team in the Knicks that is 19-9 to the under at Madison Square Garden this year. Pistons is an offense that's bottom five in offensive efficiency in the NBA. Knicks only allow 106.9 points per game at home. I don't even think the Pistons break 100 here in this spot. And what we saw is pretty evident from the Knicks uh, against a team like the Celtics that they just don't have much other punch outside of Jalen Brunson. I think tonight... What will happen is the Knicks, one of the slowest-paced teams in the league, second-slowest tempo, only ahead of the Bulls by a slight margin. They'll slow things down. They'll be able to play this thing nice and easy, eat up a lot of shot clock here. The Pistons' defense obviously isn't very good, so the Knicks will have opportunities to score here. But it's the Knicks' defense here at home, combined with their offense that's been struggling since without Julius Randle. In the last eight games, the Pistons have only scored more than 110 points against defenses that were in the bottom half of the league. That's not the Knicks. They'll be able to do the work here. I think the the Pistons stay under 100. Jalen Brunson doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting tonight. He'll spread the ball around. Knicks, I don't know if I want to lay this kind of number with them, given where they are offensively, but I like the under 223 and a half. Well, look at him plugging our merch, doing the work. All right, give me the Raptors. Why do you like them? Because I cast on them a couple of nights ago. Yeah, I mean, look, this is you have to look for spots in the NBA where you see these numbers that jump out at you um, that seem a little bit off. Why are the Indiana Pacers laying six and a half to anybody at this point when they have one of the worst defenses in the league? Not only that, they just beat Dallas yesterday at home, 133 to 111. They're on a back-to-back, which is a situation that hasn't played well to them. Two and eight straight up and against the number on back-to-back. So Raptors have won both games out of the break and covered them both, beating Brooklyn at home and the Hawks on the road. These two teams split the first two games of the season series. Both games decided by a total of three points. Raptors won one by two. Pacers won one by by one. So this is a game here where when you look at these defenses and these teams, both of these games previously went over the total. If there's a lot of scoring here, that's actually going to benefit the Raptors because they're not really an elite offense. But uh, unless you get a a crazy blowout, um, I don't see how the Raptors don't stay in this one. The Raptors have been an underdog by six and a half points or more ten times in this this season two and eight straight up but five and five against the number in those spots and however the teams that they were catching that many points from eight different teams 
They were all above 500 teams. They're all playoff teams, with the exception of the Hawks and the Bulls. You know what? The Indiana Pacers are not above 500. Because they're not <laughs> they really are good. not. So this is too many points for a Pacers team defensively that has problems slowing teams down. I think the Raptors keep this close and stay inside this number. My man Brian says, nice picks, Mark. Let it all just wash over you. Because you guys show up every single day like clockwork at 10 a.m. to get that right there, to be educated, to be entertained, which is also the name of our new segment at the end of the show. Hello. Now, Z-Man, let's come over to you, big boy. And hang tight there, Mark. Because when I look at you, and I say this all the time, and I mean it, nobody, and I repeat, nobody knows Miami Heat basketball like you. Tell me, let's start with that one, why you like the Heat tonight out here on the West Coast. Look, guys, you may say, oh, Zaslow, of course you're taking the Heat. You love the Heat. You're not going to go against them. I'm, t- I'm trying to make a buck here, all right? That's what's most important. The Heat plus seven and a half in Sacramento tonight. A few things. Number one, the Sacramento Kings, it's the second night of a back-to-back for them, all right? They had a great win last night at the Clippers. The Heat were sitting at Sacramento waiting for the Clippers, waiting for the Kings to get back home. So second night of a back-to-back for the Kings while the Heat haven't played in a couple of nights. I like that. I also like, you may say, Jimmy Butler, he's suspended tonight. Coach Eric Spolstra will always say, we have enough. This team, when they're up against it, even when they're shorthanded, you're always getting a business-like professional effort out of them. Seven and a half is way too many points. Terry Rozier may also be returning tonight for the Miami Heat. So between Hero, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, and maybe Rozier, you still have enough to keep it close, maybe even win the game outright at a Kings team on the second night of a back-to-back. So I love the Heat tonight getting seven and a half points. Then, it, like Mark said, not a lot of NBA tonight. The Memphis Grizzlies, let's be honest, they stink. But they're getting a point and a half at home against a Brooklyn Nets team that is horrible. They've been one of the biggest uh, uh, disappointments in the league this season. We know over the All-Star break, very predictably, they fired the head coach. Jacques Vaughn, I don't expect any type of fired coach bump for the Brooklyn Nets. They're just not a good team. So I'll take it's really not that's not that difficult. I'll take the Grizzlies plus one and a half home dog against a terrible Nets team. That that's two and zero right there, guys. I don't want to tell you. I tell you, we're gonna cash that ticket. By the way, uh, Z man, I don't know if you know this, but it was a few years ago, just a couple of years ago, I actually played against Jacques Vaughn on the court. At a little uh, competition we called the Sunflower State game back in Kansas. And I may or may not have scored 37 that particular game. I'm just saying. You guys can look it up. You guys can look it up. Uh, He was the number one point guard in the country at that time at KU, and I was not. But I had a really good day. You just said that Jacques Vaughn's washed. I think that's what you just told everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, as a coach, he is, too, because he's out in Brooklyn. Uh Uh-uh. Not going to happen. So many of you in the chat, by the way, just pop and keep it popping all the way. Uh, hit that like button uh, as well. Now, A.B., before we get to the silent assassin, because he thinks he's so important on the show, um, I got a tweet last night, and it was an angry viewer. And they're like, you guys have more freedom. You guys can do whatever you want. You can bring Zazlo on. You can bring Zeno on. But you can't give me tennis? And I said, clearly, you missed our 12-0 and run in the Australian Open. So what do you think our man Bokeh Schwab did this morning? Throw that, re- that up there. You're damn right he did. Zang, Rublev, over 21 and a half games, minus 110. And here's what Howie said. 
He said, Coach, I think Zane can push Rublev. Maybe goes three sets. Will be competitive. Love this number. So for all of you who are begging for tennis, begging for tennis, how he's got – he said, I'm not going to force it, though, A.B. I'm not going to force the tennis, but I'll give it to him when the fans want it. Fair? Very fair. That's a fair king right there. <laughs> very, very fair. By the way, ask how any questions. He is in dialysis as we speak, still on the show. That's dedication to the product. Now, <clears throat> he also gave out Miami plus 13 and a half. So if you're uh, in the crew and you're voting, maybe you agree with Howie Schwab. Who knows? Who knows? Now, Jacob, let me read another text I got this morning, guys, because you guys have no idea who you're, who you're working with. He says, Coach, I just had the biggest show I've ever had at the Pick Management Podcast Network. The MLS show over the weekend absolutely slayed it, destroyed it. You guys are killing it on the weekend, too, just like A.B. So congratulations, Jacob. But you know what I always tell you? It's not about Saturday. It's about today. So I know you got, count them, four big plays on the board. Give them to me. Absolutely. If you've been watching DTL, you know I have been milking this Aroma team. Since Daniel De Rossi took over, they have been on fire. Four and one their last five. Only lost to an Inter Milan team that they pushed to the max. Uh, I really think that they take on this uh, Torino team who is not very good on the road. They play a lot of low-scoring games because they don't score a lot, and I really think that this is totally mispriced. I think Roma smashes this Torino team, puts up more than two goals themselves. Um, they put up, up a ton of goals at home. Nine out of the last 12 home games have seen their team total hit over one and a half goals. So for the game to be at minus 136, I love these prices. Uh, and my other plays are going to be for Girona, who is in third place in Syria, uh, in uh, Spain La Liga, taking on 14th place Rayo Vallecano. Uh, and Girona, 9-1 at home. The last seven over one and a half team total goals have also hit unbeaten in eight. Uh, they lost their last two games, which were away. So coming back home in front of their home stands, taking on a poor traveling Rayo team. I love Girona to get it done. They're pushing for first place. And uh, I like them to cover the minus one and their team total over one and a half. Now, for all of you degenerates out there, you know, every single Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, we have separate soccer segments right here on our YouTube page. I encourage you to subscribe. Zeno, got to come over to you. Question from the chat. They think a lot of unders could come in tonight. And since the All-Star break ended, it seems like unders have been the play. Why do you think that is? Well, you're getting a lot of teams on back-to-backs every single night. I mean, that's that's what we're seeing, just the scheduling, the way it works out, that they're trying to squeeze these games in. Uh, early on here and get the back-to-backs when the players are well-rested. I mean, even if you look at the schedule uh, between tomorrow, uh, tonight and tomorrow, there are four games. There's only eight teams playing. Six of those teams are playing again tomorrow night. So, you know, you just have to look for these spots here, Coach, where where you see these teams that aren't good on back-to-backs and certainly teams uh, like, you know, Zaz talked about, you know, the Kings and, in this case, the Pacers, who have bad defenses, laying a lot of points, even though they're home, uh, against teams that, you know, are, are lesser than they are. It's a spot to, to fade those teams' length for numbers. Zaz, you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's the home stretch of the season, especially when you look at the NBA. We got to be done with this thing by the second week in April, and we still have a third of the season left. You know, we're about uh, 24, 25 games with what are we talking here? Only about six weeks left to play, so – you're getting a bunch of back-to-backs. They got to make sure they get these games in. You had, obviously, a little bit of quirky scheduling earlier in the season because of the in-season tournament as well. So you're getting some of these games squeezed in here. I think it makes a lot of sense. But I also think it's opportunities, you know, which is one of the reasons I love the Heat tonight. 
it's opportunities to take advantage of some of those teams on the second night. Did you say <clears throat> opportunity or opportunity? We know what that's about. If you know, you know. All right, AB, big boy, let me come over to you because uh, I told you you needed to take a cold shower this morning. You've been so red hot. I didn't want you to come in with smoke coming out of your ears this morning. So what do we got from you today? Everyone in the crew, go ahead and pack yourself a bag. We are headed to the West Coast. We're gonna, First, we're all showing up at Coach's house right there in Los <laughs> Angeles, but no, for real. We're going to go college baseball, a two-leg Monday parlay, and I'm going to tell you why we're doing it. Usually, we like to stick to Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but these are two teams that need a win, most Specifically, Stanford. They have been drubbed all weekend by Penn State. They got beaten like they stole something. It was awful. They've got San Jose State at home, who is two and four on the year. Stanford absolutely has to win this game. Bottom line. And we're going to pair that with Gonzaga. Just got done with a weekend series against Vanderbilt. Nice showing. They're going 30 miles up the road from Nashville to Clarksville to take on Austin P. The governors, shout out to everyone in beautiful Clarksville, Tennessee. So Gonzaga feeling good. Nice win over Vanderbilt yesterday. Stanford literally has to win this game or the entire team is quitting and gone. So they have to win it. Put those two together. Plus one. An absolutely glorious slate of picks today from the best cappers on planet earth i stand by that thank you gentlemen now you guys know what time it is it's not just a sports pick show we also like to discuss things in the sports world to maybe make you a little bit smarter make you look at things and maybe help you down the road we like to call that oh it's time to educate and entertain Our first topic today, well, there was a lot of talk and disdain about what happened at Wake Forest on Saturday. Because Duke, who's the number eight team in the in the country, not number one, number eight, they lose to Wake Forest. Wake Forest storms the court, and star forward Kyle Filipowski, this happened to him right here. He gets banged in the knee. They're calling it a sprained ankle. It's ridiculous. Before I get to the crew, here's what head coach John Shire had to say after the game disappointed we lost uh but look for me it's i'm more concerned about the the well-being of our guys you know flip sprains his ankle when are we going to ban court storming like when are we going to ban that like how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face and it's a dangerous thing Mark, let's start with you. When you saw this Saturday, what was your take? All right, let me give you a couple of just guidelines here, okay? Number one, uh, the idea of court storming here, like from fan bases, and I'm going to be the old guy screaming, get off my lawn at this point in time, and I'm going to embrace it. But, like, unless it's the number one team in the nation, okay, uh, and, and it, that it shouldn't happen. And the other caveat to this is if the building you're playing in and you beat the number one team in the nation and you look up in the Raptors, and there's a banner hanging up there that says NCAA tournament, a banner up there that says Sweet 16, a banner up there that says Final Four, a banner up there that says anything other than welcome to the arena, you are prohibited from storming the court. Prohibited. You, you do not get to do it. 
Act like you've been there before. Act like your program matters. Storming the court is reserved for my alma mater, Loyola, Maryland, when they end up beating a team. That's who gets to storm the court. That's number one. Number two, storming the court along with uh, this other idiotic thing that we got rid of over the course of time, streaking on the field. These two things were exacerbated and became fun to do because they were put on TV. If you stop showing people running on the court, guess what? People will stop doing it the same way nobody runs on the field anymore. Almost nobody runs on the field anymore, you know, because guess what? It stopped being on TV. And so nobody cares anymore. Nobody does it anymore. That's the real thing. And on top of it all, if you are a school and you are an organization like Wake Forest and you know you're playing Duke, it is incumbent on you to put enough security on there and enough you know, personnel to escort the other team off if you know those kids are going to run on the floor. Like that is income that is on the university. They should be fined for it. They should pay a penalty for it. It's ridiculous at this point in time. And yes, everybody, get off my lawn. Big cheesy said it simple. <clears throat> Excuse me. My goodness. Mark makes sense. Now, Z-Man, let me come over to you because everything Mark just said, I absolutely agree with. I'm so tired of this, especially when you're the number eight team in the country. Also, you play them every single year in this building. Your take. Yeah, I I think Mark's a thousand percent spot on. You know, as far as the game goes, it's not even like Wake Forest made any type of effort from a security standpoint to make sure that none of this happens. There was no, it, like, there was zero plan. There was no security detail. There was a timeout shortly before the game ended. You were able to see, all right, there's a situation here that we need to make sure doesn't get out of hand. Let's let's get in place and try and keep the chaos to as less chaotic as it could possibly be. There was no precautionary measures taken by Wake Forest. It's a terrible job out of the school and out of the building security. But I think Mark is a thousand percent spot on. I I got over storming the court, storming the field many, many years ago. Number one, it makes me nervous when I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. Like it gives me agita. I feel like someone is always going to get hurt. It really makes me nervous. But this jumped the shark years ago. Storming the court was supposed to be if you beat if you're a small school and you beat the number one or number two team. Storming the court, Wake Forest, by the way, they're a tournament team. They're going to be in the tournament this year. They're having Thanks. a really good season. They may not be ranked right now. They're 10 and 6 in the ACC. They're a tournament team. I don't think that you should be storming the court for any win in your conference, which by the way. You're the school that produced Tim Duncan and Chris Paul. Give me a break about Storm in the Court. Storm in the Court is not for a rival. I mean, it's not for a team in your conference. It's a team that you never see. And holy crap, we just came up with a monster upset. But here's the thing. I don't know how you stop it. I know John Shire is saying, when are we going to ban it? I have no idea how you stop this behavior. I'm going to throw this out, and then, Jacob, I'm going to put it on your lap, and then, A.B., you're going to bring us home. Here's how you stop it. And, Jacob, you're closer to the college age than me and A.B. and Zaz just by a little bit. I said this on social media, and, Jacob, I want you to react as if you're a college student and you have one of these in your back pocket. Every single student that's in that arena on Saturday has a student athletic pass. You pay it's a few hundred dollars. It's not cheap. And you get into all the different events at all major colleges. To me, 
You get on that court, you get them, you take that away. Now mom and dad are pissed because they paid for it. Now they can't get into another game ever in their career. To me, that stops it like that because if they can't get back in, all of a sudden they're thinking to themselves, oh, wait a second, maybe this isn't so important. Jacob, if you were a college student and you knew that you could lose that very important athletic pass and mom and dad are going to come down on your head, what's your reaction? Uh, as a college kid, I would say screw it and still go for it because who's going to catch me? But, uh, you know, because there's so many people rushing the crowd, you know, how could you enforce that? You would have to catch everybody. My problem with storming the court is that there are too many people these days who try to go, quote unquote, viral by doing something bad. Uh, and that is my concern about injuries for other players, stuff like that, taunting, fights, uh, going after players. That's my biggest concern when people storm the court is someone trying to do something drastic to get a video to go viral. And then, uh, you know, then it's, you know, really mayhem on the court. That That's my issue. You know, I love the celebration. You know, I, I'm all about, you know, rooting your team on. But, um, you know, to what A.B. said, to have more, I mean, to what Zaz said, to have more security. I don't think Wake Forest really thought they could win this game and they weren't going to be prepared for that. So, uh, you know, I, that's how I, I kind of feel. And I'm not that close to college. I'm almost 35 years old. <laughs> Maybe you just look like I was trying to give you a compliment. Uh, by the way, Austin says, see, this argument is why it will never go away. You can't say it's okay at certain moments and then say it's not okay at other moments. I'm not saying it's good anytime. Z just said, this was over a long time ago. I'm not saying I want to see it at all, period. AB, you raised your hand when Zaz says, I don't know how you stop it. Sounds like you have a solution. I know exactly, I know exactly how you stop it. All right, you, you give the team two losses right after that. All right, they have to forfeit the next two games. I guarantee you that'll stop immediately. I don't care what they do. Coaches will make sure that no fans are running out on the court or the field. That's how you stop it. Now, because fines, what are you going to do? SEC teams get fined $250,000 in football if fans storm the field. And do you think they care? Nope, not at all. They'll pay that, whatever. But that's how you stop it, is that you just force the losses. Now, I, I, I'll say this. As someone who appreciates and loves the college experience, when it's right, man, I hate to take that away. But I think Zaz nailed it. It's jumped the shark. It's done too much. And you definitely don't do it against conference opponents. And you definitely don't do it, as Zeno said, when you have banners in the rafters. You're Wake Forest. You don't need to rush the court against Duke. What the hell are you doing? Like, have some understanding of your history. Have some respect for yourself. You don't rush the court like that. But, yeah, man, you want to get rid of it? Force the team to forfeit the next two games, especially now. Yeah, that'll stop real quick. And I always find it funny when people argue on social media. And Elliot says it's just funny how hypocritical Duke fans have been when they just stormed the field against Clemson in football. Elliot, that's yes, kind sir. of the point we're talking about. It, we're we're kind of done with all of it in every sport. Period. Gentlemen, great takes on that particular subject. Now, another subject that caught my fancy over the weekend because we talked about it during the NFL playoffs. And I'm not saying he wasn't injured. I'm not saying he was injured. But all of a sudden, A.J. Brown's locker is cleared out, and he did not play in their playoff game, and they get bounced from the playoffs. So, Z-Man, I'm going to start with you. He went on a radio show, WIP Radio, in Philadelphia on Friday. And he said, listen, I don't know what all the big talk is about. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to play. However, there's a bunch of videos out there of him yelling at Jalen Hurts, being unhappy on the on the sideline. And you wonder if maybe you have addition by subtraction. Because right now, when I look at the odds to win the Super Bowl, 
and the NFC, Philadelphia, who 12 months ago was the talk of the town, the toast of the town. And now all of a sudden, they're all the way down at plus 1,600. Does A.J. Brown make a difference to you at all? Yeah, Coach. A.J. Brown makes a major difference to me. Uh, So he had a scheduled appearance. He had a scheduled guest appearance on WIP on, I believe it was Friday. And, And he also heard them talking beforehand about all, you know, the rumors were that he wants out, that he doesn't get along with the quarterback. And, and, and he, he went back at Ike Reese, you know, he went back at the, at the host there on WIP. And, you know, I guess he was able to tell his side of the story there. Here's the thing. Number one, he is awesome. He is a major difference maker for the Philadelphia Eagles, but I'm not going to take away from, and, and I get it wide receivers. They, they have the, the diva tag on them. They all want the football. All right. That's everybody knows that. But this team was 10 and one at one point, the Philadelphia Eagles, 10 and one, and coming off of a Super Bowl appearance. And then the bottom fell out. I mean, not only were they horrible the rest of the season, but I think in that playoff game against Tampa Bay, I think every single team in the NFL would have beaten the Philadelphia Eagles that day. Mm-hmm. That day, they were the worst team in the NFL. By the time we got to that game, which is crazy for a team that was 10 and one. So when you go from the range of emotions from 10 and one to all the way at the end of the season, the way they were struggling. Yeah. You know what? If you're a competitive guy, I think you're going to be pissed off. I think you're going to be angry. And I think sometimes you're going to be yelling on the sideline. And I think sometimes even if you're yelling at the quarterback there, Jalen Hurts, you're in the heat of the moment. Football is such an emotional and difficult game. I think I'd be worried if my guys weren't angry about what was going on at that point in their season. So, and you also have to remember, by the way, AJ Brown was the first one who came out and defended Nick Sirianni in one of those final games of the season where Sirianni covered for his players. It was a terrible play by Jalen Hurts. It was an interception at the end of the game and Sirianni defended his guys saying it was a bad call. I wish I could take it back. And then AJ Brown came to his defense and said, coach is being nice there. We changed the play in the huddle. That was our fault. So that sounds like a guy who lo- who certainly likes his coach and is cool with being on the team that he's on. I got no problem with A.J. Brown. So if A.J. Brown, Jacob, is the player that we all know he, he can be, and A.B. lived through it down there in Nashville before he left town, and you're a guy that you're saying we've got to put him on the team, and we always like to bring it back to a betting angle. So, Jacob, I know you do a lot of NFL at your show and your network. So, if A.J. Brown is everything that Z-Man just said he is, and you can get him on the same page behind closed doors, is there any world, because Greg in the chat said, how about A.J. Brown to the Ravens? Is there any world, Jacob, in your mind you trade him? No, he just recorded the two best seasons of a Philly wide receiver uh, ever. Uh, Since 2022, he's had 2,952 receiving yards, 194 receptions, and 18 touchdowns. You don't get rid of that because of some locker room drama. He did kind of blame the team during the season, said that they just weren't executing. He didn't blame the coaches, and he didn't really comment on uh, his and Jalen Hurts' relationship when asked about it on, uh, I think it was 94WIP. He said it was BS, and the only reason that they started talking about any drama was because after his six-game scoring streak, uh, he kind of fell off, and then the media just ran with the issues. I think it was more of the media causing drama, and there's not so much behind the scenes. I think the team comes together, and I think the Eagles bounce back this season, uh, and uh, 
are going to be red hot with A.J. Brown on the team. Red hot with A.J. Brown on the team. That's the quote, A.B., that Jacob just used. So you've known this guy for years and years and years. Anything to make of this interview from Friday? A.J. Brown is exactly what Zaslow just broke down. That's exactly who he is. Go ask his former coaches and his current one. Ask Sirianni and ask Mike Vrabel. Both of them love this guy. Absolutely love him. The problem with A.J. Brown is that it's his Twitter. That's what gets him into trouble because he tweets way too damn much and he deletes them. And he's done that since the second he arrived in Nashville and then the second that he was traded to Philadelphia. But I can tell you, the dismantling of the Tennessee Titans was absolutely 100% the second that A.J. Brown was traded. Mike Vrabel was pissed. You could go Google that video in the war room, live in the draft, Right then, when John Robinson, the general manager, traded him and Mike Vrabel had enough. You know what happened after that season? The general manager was fired because it all fell apart. A.J. Brown is a good, obviously a great player. He is a weapon. He makes every other wide receiver on that team better. The problem is that his fire, all right, in his belly can just rub people the wrong way. But it's not out of negativity. The guy truly just wants to win. If you like that old-school NFL mentality, that's exactly who A.J. Brown is. He backs his coaches. He backs his teammates. He doesn't go out, throw them under the bus. You notice that. But the problem, again, it's his Twitter. If he can just figure that part out and stop tweeting, I'm telling you, this guy, his attitude is correct. He just doesn't handle it in the right way. Joey Blaze says, what's the beef with AJ? Because he wants to win so desperately. I think if you combine what Z said and what AB just said, I don't think any of us have an issue with AJ Brown, the football player. But in 2024, when social media is so big, when the media and we're in these rooms, Z's in the rooms, AB's in the rooms, J I'm in the rooms. And when you're in the, that was kind of a funny joke jake all right but i got when, it when you're in the room when you're in the rooms there's not a producer on planet earth that last night on espn radio said hey uh z man uh can you look for a nice feel-good story tonight to talk about and lead off on your show no they're looking for some controversy they're looking for something that people are going to be on one side or on the other so aj brown gives people that fodder they give like segments like this and if he would stop doing that and especially when you go 10 and 1 and then all of a sudden you fall off planet Earth. Then all of a sudden everybody's jumping on you when Nick Sirianni is yelling at the Chiefs fans because he just beat them in, in Kansas City. All of a sudden that looks awful. And then you add A.J. Brown to it. Then you add all the sideline stuff to it. I think that's the issue, Joey, that everybody has with this A.J. Brown situation. All right. I love the new Educate and Entertain. Well done on that, A.B., by the way. I like the music, too. Uh, before we let Jacob and Z-Man get out of here, Z. I love because we just started a little wrestling content. We're going to put your stuff eventually on our page as well. Cool. You have your brand new show out on Sundays. What's the topics this week? Yeah, well, we released, uh, you know, the latest episode yesterday. It's still real to me as my wrestling show. It's under the Zaslow Show 2.0 banner. So wherever you get your podcasts, it's there. And also on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Zaslow Show. We usually go live on Sunday. So yesterday we got a fresh full recap of WWE Elimination Chamber from, if you're on the East Coast, it was very early Saturday morning, 5 a.m. Eastern time. I woke I woke my ass up. We got up out of bed on Saturday morning, 
I mean, did it help a little bit that my younger son was dealing with the flu? So he woke us up. Yes, that got me out of bed. But I was like, all right, it is 5 a.m. Let's go watch Elimination Chamber. So we watched Elimination Chamber. I thought it was a fantastic show. We did our review yesterday. And we're on the road to WrestleMania now. So we're putting out a lot of good content there. And it was announced either yesterday or this morning that The Rock will be on the next three episodes of SmackDown Live. So if you're in any of those cities, March 1st, 8th, and 15th, The Rock's going to be there in person. I probably would assume they're going to sell out. Just assume. Z-Man, you're the man. Jacob, Silent Assassin, thank you very much. It's now time for the closing bell. All right, A.B., the crew's been pretty good lately with their votes. Where are we going today? The crew crushed it last week. All over it. Making us money. I appreciate you guys and girls. Thank you so much on that one. The crew's chosen. The Tar Heels, North Carolina, minus 13 and a half tonight. 35% of the votes. Tar Heel Tar, as they say on Twitter. There you go. Uh, A couple of things before we get out of Dodge. For those of you who are members of the crew, every single day, I saw some of you on social media saying, man, those picks are fire. They are. We give you a little bit extra. We have a segment over there every single day. We record it right after here. So if you're a member of the crew, you get some extra picks there as well. Then also, AB, we've got your college baseball report, middle of the week. Tell the good people what that's about. Absolutely. Comes out Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We will break down the brand new top 25 rankings that will have just came out. Plus, get you a look ahead for all the key games and matchups this weekend. And if anyone saw on Twitter on Saturday, we started talking about anyone who's brand new to betting this sport. It can be daunting, right? You've got 8,000 teams, it seems like, Division Three, all the way up. You know, to to Division One, there are a ton of teams, and there's a way to simplify it and make it easier. And I'm doing it myself. I will show you exactly that. So yes, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Go to the YouTube page, turn those notifications on. The second that it's live, you'll get it. That's what you got to do. It's the easiest way. Just subscribe, and we got you covered, uh, top to bottom. Also, do not forget we have separate soccer content Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays with Jacob. And also the man from the Dirty Dirty, Charles. We also will have an extra segment this week with A.B. and Howie, a crew exclusive, looking forward to championship week. Teams that we should absolutely be looking at and maybe some surprise teams as well. So we got you covered. We grind. We grind. A.B., what a good start to the week. I felt good today, didn't it? Great. Absolutely great start. Love it. Oh, man, we're just getting started, heading into March, and we're starting to dominate. So, producer man, give me my one shot. Thank you, sir. It is now time. Your week's just getting started. I want you to be positive. I want you to pay it forward. I want you to be kind to one another. And I also want you to remember this. There's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these tickets straight. To the pay window. My entire crew. Yep. The Z-Man. Mr. Zeno. My silent assassin, Jacob. My five-tool player, A.B. And producer man, always behind the scenes. Making the show look like a million bucks. I am simply the coach. Trying to keep this train on said track. 
We grind for you so we can win with you. It's truly what we're all about right here at Driving the Line. Good luck.